0: When
1: the spawn meets world, pull me world. When the spawn meets world. What up
0: bro? What up bro? <laughs> Welcome to Brown Beats World. Hold
1: up, hold hold up. What up bro? What up bro? What up, bro? And welcome to Brawl Meets There you go! Your boy Meets World Features! I'm
0: Siege. And I'm your boy, Tony Coitus. Welcome to episode 52. Ayo, ayo! 32. Um, uh, uh, this episode is about a pig.
1: <laughs> this little piggy. Yeah, um, we go there. But, I will
0: say that there are layers to this piggy story that I would like to explore. I actually found there to be layers, too. I, I just... Here's the thing. Would you say they're bacon layers? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of bacon jokes. Um, no, I, I just have to say that I think that this episode is the reason why I wanted a pig growing up. Um, really? And between this and Barney getting a teacup pig on how I met your mother, like it really influenced my decision. I was looking into it for a really long time.
1: You and so, I think I remember your obsession with getting a teacup pig.
0: I, I started a GoFundMe. <laughs> yes, you did. That's so true.
1: Everyone, I don't, there was like a time when everyone wanted a pig. I'm like, why does everyone want a pig?
0: I've, since <laughs> this episode, I really wanted
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> Always wanting strength. You know what? I was the guy who, I didn't really want one, but if I was going to do one, I, I was going to do the pet monkey. That's my TV trope.
0: Okay. You know? Uh, The flinging shit is a deal breaker for me. (laughs) Oh, and pigs rolling around and shit. Well, listen, CJ, I've looked into it. I've done a lot of research, and I can tell you that pigs only roll around in mud as a sunblock when they're outside. But if they're indoor, they do not need to. They're smarter than dogs. They can be kitty litter trained. And, um, yeah, they can do dope tricks.
1: And this has been Pig Talk with uh, (laughs) CJ. Don't get me started. I did have bacon last night. Oh, uh, God. Disclaimer. What would little Corey say?
0: I know, I know. Okay.
1: Um, are you ready... Do, should I do to Tell Me About It? Yeah,
0: yeah. Tell me about it. Tell me all about the show.
1: I kind of like, but I never really know if we're going to do the extended version or if we're going to just get the radio
0: edit. I like it to be... Uh, <laughs> unpredictable? Uh, unpredictable. It's like, you know, when you used to watch TV shows on syndication, you're like, are they going to do the theme song or are they just going to skip right to the episode? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I like it.
1: Anyway, I <laughs> hope you like our anticipation. <laughs> this is season three, episode six, This Little Piggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric is having aspirations of attending Yale, which we will not even go into. to. Um, meanwhile, Sean decides to keep an abandoned pig as a pet, but Topanga feels that an apartment is not a proper environment for a hog. Will Corey side with his best friend or his girlfriend? Um, let's get into that. So do you just want to get Eric out of the way? Y- yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> um,
1: because he is, I want to. He is the B storyline, but I feel like there's so much to talk about with Topanga and Corey, yeah, yeah, um, and Sean that I want to go into that. But Eric
0: wanting to go to Yale, I, I first question: What's this show's obsession with Yale? Because it's the same college that Topanga turns down for Corey later on. I will say that A, I think a lot of writers go to Yale. I don't know that mm. for sure, but I
1: just think a lot do, and then. Um, I find that a lot of TV shows promote Yale. And I don't know if Yale has anything to do with that or if it's just, like, not wanting to be Harvard. I really don't know.
0: I always thought that the reason why television shows always chose Yale or Harvard is because they wanted to... It was like a, a shorthand for this person wants to go to a good school. Yeah, well, no, so here's the thing. I get that, too. But
1: Harvard has been is like, American shorthand for Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. And I always wondered why they chose Yale in certain times as a substitute. Because even in the show that I loved growing up, Gilmore Girls, she always wanted to go to Harvard. And, spoiler, she goes to Yale. And, like, there's this whole storyline about her... Switching from her obsession with going to Harvard to her obsession to going to Yale. And I've seen it in a lot of shows where people aspire to go to Yale. I'm like, why? Why? Yale, not Harvard. What is the distinction?
0: between Or them? Stanford or any of these other... Or ones? any of these other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Why not Brown? I mean, yeah. like, I know why not Brown. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, there might be some allegiance there uh, amongst the, the writers or the staff. Um, but I just found it funny that Yale was what Eric chose Yale. Um, out, of, out of all the colleges <laughs> out there. Um, but I do like him and Feeney having mentorship time like I like that I like the dynamic
1: I I, all right so first of all I do definitely love that immediately we get some Eric and Feeney uh story supply we get Eric which by the way did he show Feeney a dirty magazine I think so because he just straight up it goes the girls of something like of college or I don't know know, Ivy League the girls of Ivy League and I'm like, what What magazine would that be? Um, Maybe a Sports <laughs> Illustrated? I mean, something you wouldn't show the
0: principal of Either score.
1: way, it's something that I'm assuming Eric is uh, using for extracurricular time. Mm. So I was like, did you just show this to Feeney and it's okay? But then also, he, we saw last episode that Eric wanted to be a weatherman. So like, yeah. there's some idea of aspirations, but he's choosing colleges based on girls.
0: Yeah, it almost seems like, uh, I guess maybe the natural evolution of Eric. For a while, he was obsessed with girls, then he was obsessed with school, and it kind of just merged the two to make this <laughs> conflict with him. Um, but it is really dumb, because, like, Eric does no research on what Yale is. He doesn't even pronounce it right. Um, he has no chance of getting into the school, and the whole motivation for the episode is feeny kind of, like, allowing Eric to believe that he could get him into the school somehow. Well, no, I don't think Feeney ever does that. I think Feeney allows
1: Eric to be Eric, which is do no research, not really look into the situation, and assume. Um, because when one of my favorite lines in this episode is when Feeney's like, get you into the school. I can't get you into a yellow sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I like that one. But um, also, I think that... Eric, When Eric bribes Feeney, which, again, you've known Feeney your entire life. You thought a bribe was the way to go.
0: And it's interesting how some episodes Feeney takes bribes and some episodes... No, know, but this one, he didn't really take a bribe. I saw it
1: as he took it as an opportunity to mentor, to mentor yeah. Eric. And he even says... He's like, my job is to be your teacher and your friend.
0: I thought that was interesting that he said that because typically Feeney avoids building friendships. I think maybe because Eric's a little bit older, maybe he hasn't had uh, Feeney, Feeney hasn't had him in his class specifically. Um, I think it's clear that Feeney has, besides
1: the writers being like, Eric and Feeney, I honestly just feel like Feeney has a connection to Eric. Yeah. And I can't explain it and I don't know why. Maybe it's because Eric's like, the unteachable, you know, or, like, Eric's more of a challenge than all of these other students. I don't get it. But I did love this idea of Feeney basically admitting that he has a special relationship with Eric, yeah. and he takes Eric's education, Eric's future, more seriously.
0: Well, what Feeney tries to convince Eric is, because um, Eric tries to bribe him with tickets to the opera, and Feeney is the one who's like, hey, you know, colleges are really interested in people who have, like... Interest in the arts and just uh, you know very, being well cultured and things like that, and he convinces Eric to go to the opera with him, which I just thought was I mean obviously this is a B storyline. It's not a super big storyline or plot, but the idea of introducing children to the arts I think is a huge deal. Absolutely. And so I think I even though this was kind of a silly B line, I kind of respect it for what it was. Well, it also showed it's it's not just um, introducing. Uh, students
1: to the arts for the sake of doing so. It's kind of showing Eric where it applies. He's like, by the way, colleges are going to look out for something like this. Yeah. He even then starts to speak Eric's language. And he's like, what if you go to one of these schools? Not going to happen. But what if you go to one of these schools and they want to know something? Uh, sorry, one of these girls wants to talk to you about culture. Wouldn't you like to have something to say? Which I thought was really good. And yeah. Yeah, again, he's speaking... Eric's language, which is girls. If girls were your motivation, how do you get a girl that goes to an Ivy League? You have to know more than just what you're willing to. Sure. Um, And you have to pick up other interests. And I think that that's really great. I'm not crazy about the motivation, but I am really happy with the result, which is that um, in a way... Eric responds to that and he even picks up more interest at the end you know he's like whoa what about ballet and what about sure yeah I thought that was all this this other stuff yeah yeah yeah. um I also
0: like that Eric only got interested in opera once he heard Bugs Bunny music
1: so first of all the moment it starts I was like it's Kill New
0: Abbott! All right Mr. Feeney look it's a nice try it's a nice plan but don't you see this kind of stuff is lost on a guy like me Wait, right, I know this. I know this. It's- it's funny.
1: <laughs> <sighs> which, again, I think, um, and please feel free to participate in this, but I think that that's kind of what both this episode is trying to say and what Phoenix is trying to say, which is that culture and art and all this stuff is all around us, and most of our generation does know that song as Killed a Rabbit. Like, you know, it's like, we don't know it as, I didn't even write down what the composer's name was. Wagner. Wagner, but I don't know it as Wagner. I know it as that scene, but because of that, I do have an appreciation for that music. And cartoons from earlier decades... The Warner Brothers
0: cartoons especially. They're
1: so good at using classical music um, and classical comedy. And there's so much art in those... Mm -hmm um tv shows that it's for me it's like yeah it's it was a way to get children or just to get most of america interested and aware of things that were maybe beyond what they would have done on their own
0: side note well i kind of wish Warner Brothers cartoons were still like popping out like they haven't been able to stand the test of time as much as some of these other cartoon franchises and i just i i mean I'm sure they're, I mean, they're all based off of speech impediments. Um, but And I'm sure there's a lot of other shady things going on. But so, so, it's yeah. interesting that they haven't found a way to modernize them the way they've attempted to modernize so many other franchises. Well, they
1: actually have. They've redone Looney Tunes quite a few times. Oh, yeah. um, and I will say that I watched... just um, like years ago. I watched one of the uh, newer versions of Looney Tunes. And it was actually really funny. It has the same kind of sense of humor, but with a modern take. And, like, everyone, instead of, like, their speech impediments being their defining characteristic, it's their personalities. So they really lean into Bugs having an ego. And they really lean into Daffy being selfish and self-involved. And those things, to me, um, are, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, The pig. Porky. Yeah, yeah. Porky kind of being, like, this low ball like um meek individual until like the pressure is on and then he really comes in you know all the things that were kind of in the original storylines but focusing on that and i think it's great but unfortunately with looney tunes one of the problems is when you go back and watch it a lot of america (laughs) is in those shows which means there's a lot of racial insensitivity there's a lot of Pebby Pew is all about sexual harassment. Like
0: <laughs> Gonzalez has a cousin named Slowpoke Rodriguez. Um, Again. He's just I know wait, so tired. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's it's there's
1: lots of things where you're like, "Oh yeah, this this should not be shared with children because it's a lot of what we're trying to rally against." But as someone who was already exposed to it, I can look past it. Sure, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So maybe that's it. Maybe it's something we show kids once they're no longer kids. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. uh, Going back to the episode, um, what else did you like about Eric and Sean's storyline? Or not Eric and Sean. um, Eric and Feeney's storyline.
0: Again, I just thought that it was just a really important lesson for Eric to learn that college is about more than grades. Um, and I like that even on the television show, they're showing the importance of extracurriculars and just having interests outside the school and the role that plays in college. I mean, obviously everything we know about college is a, a, a dumpster fire lie. That a <laughs> the generation. But at least at the time of this episode, it was this thing that I thought was a, a pretty cool uh, message. So Absolutely.
1: Um, and the only thing I will say is I like how it ended... With Eric being like, No, I feel like like the whole Fat Lady Sings bit at the opera. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was cute and it was funny. Um, so the main course of this is let's talk about the piggy storyline.
0: Sean finds a pig at he said he was at his old trailer park and he was where the trailer used to be parking, he was digging around some old stuff, which is sad. Um, and he finds a pig that got abandoned there. He says that the trailer park owner said that some guy just drove off and left him there. And so he brought him home. And he now has this pig, pet pig, that he named Little Cory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, so, you kind of, like, hit the nail on the head, but I think that what's interesting about this storyline is it starts off very ABC, TGIS, we have a pig now. And I'm like, okay, why are we doing this? Okay, whatever. But there is, even with that, I'm like, okay, well, what's Sean's motivation for having this pig? Because he says, Corey, this has nothing to do with you. And then he says, meet little Corey. And it is kind of like the thing, Corey assumes, oh, it's because you're jealous that I'm not around anymore and I'm with Topanga. Yeah. And so you feel like you need to do this. And Sean's like, no, that has nothing to do with that. And I would agree. However, we still do have the storyline and the, I'll say, tension of Corey in between Sean and Topanga.
0: I, you know, I thought it was interesting that he named the pig little Corey as well. Um, I thought it was one of those things where he, it's almost as if Corey, the name of Corey is synonymous with the word friend. And, and I think that's how it's being Ah, used, um, for little Corey. It's like, I, I'm not naming this person after Corey for the sake of naming him after Corey. I'm naming this pig after a relationship that's meant a lot to me. And I hope that my relationship with this animal will mean a lot to me as well.
1: See, so I kind of... I love that. And I I think your interpretation is so great. Um, I kind of looked at it as Sean being the caretaker Mm -hmm. for once. And Corey's always his caretaker. Corey's always his rescue. And for Sean to be in that position for... Once is kind of how I saw it. It's like him being able to pay back a debt mm-hmm. that he doesn't feel he's able to pay back. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I saw it. But I like your interpretation just as much because the the idea that the word Corey or the name Corey is uh, equal to friend to Sean is it's so truthful.
0: Um, and it, and it just it's interesting too because um, once Corey sides with Topanga you really see that little Cory becomes Sean's only Cory and so just what that means to him um, I I just thought was really interesting because you're right because this could have been I feel like there's a Full House episode there's a Family Matters episode where someone gets like a pet snake or some ridiculous pet animal and like the whole plot is like oh the animal got loose or the animal caused a mess or there's a chaos or there's a a party and there's a snake loose some shit bull you know whatever yeah But the fact that they chose to make this pig symbolic of Sean's story of abandonment, Uh, it's, it's, it's gorgeous. Like it's so good. It's so well done. When, again, I was, I literally, and partially because of watching this,
1: uh, doing this podcast, I looked at this and I was like, what is Sean's motivation? And even if they didn't answer, I wanted to know why Sean felt the need to have a pig. Sure. But the fact that they answer it and they give you such an in-depth answer of it equals Sean's abandonment. And Sean doesn't think anyone should be abandoned the way he was. Yeah. Is such a pull on the heartstrings. Yeah. And just so so beautifully boy
0: meets her. And, you know, Turner at one point says this thing. Like, I think Sean needs the pig more than the pig needs Sean.
1: Exactly. And, and I think that that's a really great way of showing that, you know, he lives with Turner. And Turner... Is an adult who, at any point in time, we'd be like, no. But Turner isn't letting Sean take advantage of him. He literally sees little Cory for who he's supposed to be, which is some kind of emotional substitute.
0: And Turner even points out that Sean takes really good care of of the pig. Exactly. And I think that that's, I think it's really great to see, even though the
1: pig is seen giving are interrupting Turner's wet drinks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One thing that I I really love is that I feel like what we're going to see more of the season as well is Corey having ethical dilemmas where there isn't, like, one clear path for him to take. And I feel like in this episode where you have him agreeing slightly with Sean, agreeing slightly with Topanga, and not knowing which is the right, like, I just want a right answer, just what is the right way to go, and there not being one.
1: I love that because we, you're right, we get, not only do we get Sean's idea and Topanga's idea, and both are brought up validly, especially once we know Sean's motives behind it. But Alan and Amy, they even have a discussion and they what I thought was important, one of the things that I thought was really important was when Corey is telling the story to Alan and Amy, he's like, Well, I hurt, I didn't want to hurt Topanga's feelings. And Amy's like, well, now Sean's feelings are hurt. And Alan's like, why did you side with Topanga? Not that you can't, but why did you? What was your motivation? Did you just side with Sabine because it was the easier option or because you believe she's right? And I think that is what I really liked about, we don't get the family as much as we used to, but when we do, it really is for them to parent Corey. Yeah. And
0: I really, really enjoy that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I think that it was really interesting to have a storyline that, I mean, one of the things I think I would change about this episode is that we kind of hint at what it means what Topanga and Sean's relationship means to them and I kind of wish they dove into that a little bit more than we got into it because you know at the end of the episode Topanga kind of comes to this revelation of just like you know obviously it's not my pig whatever but you're my friend too I've known you just as long as I've known Corey and you're my friend you're not just my boyfriend's friend but I just it, it felt a little I think what I would have preferred is if Topanga and Sean had had a private conversation or they would have had a conversation where it wasn't like Turner getting involved or the the animal control getting involved. Just a conversation about what their relationship is without Corey.
1: Well, I think that this episode is great because as much as I usually like, especially an episode titled This Little Piggy and Where There's a Pig, you would think to skip over it. But this episode is important because A it does address Corey not well it does address Corey, Sean and Topanga something that we know to be a trio but they haven't really been for quite some time and then it also and it sets up that Sean vying for Corey's attention and Topanga vying for Corey's attention but then third um, it sets up the idea that Sean and Topanga aren't, Sean, Sean says she's not my friend you're my friend She's not. And it's crazy, because when we think back on it, we know the journey that is Boy Meets World, and we know Corey, Sean, and Topanga. That is, like, what we know as the trio. But I thought about it, and as far as Sean's concerned, Topanga was just that other girl in their class for the longest time.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Corey has always pined for Topanga, and even that hasn't been consistent. It's Boy Meets World. World. But it's like, they haven't been a trio She just was kind of always on the peripheral because of Corey. And now that she's dating Corey, Sean's like, well, I mean, it's your girlfriend. That makes sense. But she's not my friend.
0: And I think it's one of those things that it was inevitable. It was inevitable that pairing Corey with Topanga would create this trio and create a tension in which both Topanga and Sean would probably be vying for Corey's attention. But more so that these two characters that probably just thought of each other as classmates, now all of a sudden are in a friend group together. And what does that mean for them separate from Corey? And it was interesting that they addressed that and that Topanga, who is typically thought of as the most, you know, intelligent, forward-thinking person of the show, actually had a revelation of her own and came around to thinking, oh, maybe I didn't do this the right way.
1: Absolutely, because let's talk about that. Yeah. First of all, the moment we get it, I was like, oh, we're getting social justice Topanga again, which is crazy because she's just kind of been girl for like the last few episodes and definitely the last... Ever since her dad took her shopping
0: in New York. Ever since
1: her daddy took her shopping. And we're starting to see her dress more stylishly. None of that's a problem, but it's just that we haven't seen social justice Topanga in quite some time. And so... When they trotted her out, I was like, oh, is this just to be faux? Yeah. And I liked that instead we actually see her. Because I have to say, first of all, the moment she Topanga was like, yeah, Corey, who are you going to side with? I was like, oh, I don't like this at all.
0: No. Um, and
1: it's something that I understand someone her age doing, a girl being like, hey, you're my boyfriend. You're supposed to side with me. But then later on when she calls... Um, Animal control. Animal control on a pet that's not under her care at all and to a house that isn't hers. I was like, oh, you've overstepped. Definitely. And even they show Corey as being like, oh, this is a step too far. This isn't just you expressing your opinions. You literally got involved in something that didn't involve you. Sure. You did what?
0: Topanga, he has a good home. Corey, let's get you out of here. You coming with us? Let's go. Corey. Look, Topanga, you put me in the middle of something, and I—I I, I just gotta say, as much as I love you, that just—I wasn't right. I'm not a call the animal control. I can't believe you would do that. Come on, Sean. We got some serious big hiding to do. Yeah, um, and and you know what? It was interesting too because uh, the animal control comes. And it's almost Animal Control, who is Victor,
1: played by Al from Home Improvement. Yes. And I was like, ah, it's Richard Karn. But I was like, ah, is this like... I was was thinking for a second it was going to be like a crossover moment. But I think it was just one of those stunt Well, casting. I
0: don't know if you remember me telling you that the sets were right next to each other and that the kids uh... went to like studio school together. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, also, Amy has a reoccurring role as Jill's friend on Home Improvement. She does. I remember that. Chet is Tim Allen's friend on Home Improvement. So there's a lot of crossover just because the sets were really close. Okay. Um, but I thought it was interesting that it was ultimately Topanga who got Turner involved and came up with this idea to stop... The animal control so see she understood that she over she overstepped and she took an action to correct that which i thought was cool
1: very true and then also i kind of liked the topanga and turner pairing again this is something we see very often we don't really get to see topanga and turner and i love the idea that turner had a moment just like he would with sean just like he would with Corey, and really was like hey maybe there's more to this than you're actually uh Giving it credit for
0: yeah
1: definitely uh, also i really loved that um cory even he's like hey to you put me in the middle of something and that wasn't right and again yeah. there's just like this idea of fleshing topanga out as a fully formed character someone who she's no longer that perfect girl she is seen as someone who makes mistakes and Um, I I think that's one step closer.
0: Well, that was also a criticism we had about her last season was that she was always portrayed as just being just this so smart and so forward-thinking and just always having the right answers to everything. It's great to see her fumble. Like, it's great for her character. The one critique I will say is that
1: they do so in the way that she's the nagging true, And that bothers me. I think we could have made it to where I would have liked to see her motivations for the pig more. I would have loved it if we got pure social justice Topanga, and she was doing this because it was for the pig, and we saw her really fight her case and not it be her pitting Corey against Sean.
0: It would have been really nice if we saw that Topanga was like really excited about a pig. Like she falls, like she has true emotions for animals and like she loves the pig. So much so that she's like, that's the reason I really want this animal gone. Is because I care about this pig so much. And, exactly. And it becomes a thing that maybe her and Sean bond over, like both having this pig. One of the notes I took was like, I think maybe there's a a scene, a few seasons away where we see Little Corey again, but we really don't see him after this episode. Of course, why would? And it? <laughs> but one of the things I was thinking was that I really wish we did. I feel like in a world where you know, Comet is essentially a character on Full House. Yeah. It would have really made Boy Meets World stand out to have something that just wasn't, like, a golden retriever or, or a dog or something like that. the chicken and the duck on Friends. Yeah, just something interesting. Like, it would have been cool, I, I thought. Um, wow, I didn't even think about the chicken and the duck. I wonder if this was a direct response to chicken and the duck. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very
1: good point. But I think that if it was, we would have seen him keep it. Again, I think that Boy Meets World does a lot of good. But if we would have shown Topanga, like, actually find a farm or actually find something. And in all honesty, I kind of liked the idea of Topanga being like, yo, I found the owners. And he's going back to where he belongs. Like, in all honesty, like, before the twist came and it was Turner, I was like, that's a really... Because now the pig is where he belongs and... Sean knows it'll be taken care of. It's not just taking the pig away.
0: Well, I think what would have been great is if Topanga said, hey, I found the owners, and then the owners actually came in. Yeah, that's and what I'm saying. O- the owners came in, and they were so grateful to have their pig back, and Sean sees that the pig actually had a comb to go back to.
1: And and that someone was actually looking for and so it. It wasn't abandoned, yeah, it was lost.
0: Exactly. And, so, and then for him to take some kind of personal um, gratification of knowing that, may, I'm not abandoned, I just haven't been brought home yet. Something like that would have been a really great... Absolutely. Because you're right, there's no other reason to keep the pig around if they're not going to include it in the show. So. And
1: there's no real conclusion yeah. other than Turner lying to help keep it. And again, I loved, I loved that Turner was willing to do all of this. I think Turner is shown to be a great paternal figure. Sure. Um, equal to Alan in terms of giving Topanga advice. Yeah. And... um doing his role as a guardian by helping Sean keep this symbol of um, security. Family, yeah. Family,
0: home, yeah, all that. Responsibility. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, um, did you have a Turned On by Turner
1: moment? Uh boy, Did you ask me
0: in an episode? <laughs> turned On by Turner!
1: Ooh! Yeah, I did. Why? Because Turner... Is in a tank (laughs) top? And I'm not talking like his little wife beater, which was good. But this one is just like that muscle shirt. We're getting the little sides. Turner was doing it for me. And we know he has sex drinks. so I would like to see where that goes. Yeah,
0: with <laughs> Catherine, the woman from last season. That's so cool. apparently he's been seeing Catherine. Mm-hmm. No, I think she she walked out on him, remember? Oh, of, she did. Because of Sean, so I think no, he's just... Catherine
1: put it down, because he's been remembering. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> also, like, again, I don't want to get too much into it, but we talked a while ago about two, like, Turner being young and single... Sean being 16 and that place just smelling like semen all the time. Yeah. Uh, This sex dream and the fact that he had it, like, on the couch while the pig and just speaking out loud tells me that Sean is definitely witnessing some things he should not
0: be witnessing. Yep. (laughs) And I wonder if he just thinks it's cool. Like, yeah, that's what happens. Like, I'm a ladies' man, too. I get it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I didn't like, um, if if we're kind of wrapping this up, is... Alan's kind of old school way of thinking. I loved Alan's advice early on. But when he was like, well, of course she is. She's a woman. I was like, uh, eh, Yeah.
0: Eh. <laughs> well, I think he says, of course he's going to side with Topanga. That's his girlfriend or yeah. something like that. But even, even
1: that's my point. Sure, it's yeah, just yeah. like
0: loyalties or lines are drawn um, basically because of sex. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. Because I was thinking about that line, too. Because I immediately had the same reaction. But I was wondering. I was like. Is he meant to imply that your relationship your intimate relationship romantic relationship is always going to be a higher priority than a friend? I don't think so. Here's
1: the thing. If that was if that was his response, I think it would have been in text. Amy even kind of looks at him and treats him like that is stupid old school way of
0: thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think she gives him a slap on the Yeah, that.
1: because he he's basically saying what I what I took from it, which is that well, it's a girl and I mean like even Sean later on is like, well, if it was your girlfriend. I would have probably done the same thing. But again, it's not for loyalty of the relationship. It's just like, oh, are you going to give up access to breasts? I don't think so. <laughs> Game wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, for Turner, it's just like I don't know. What, <laughs> what do you think we should do? Okay. Anyway, um, any other thoughts? No, no, no. That's all I got. Okay, so um, let's talk about a bro moment. Did you have
0: one? Um, I, mm, I honestly don't think I did for this one either. I, I it's fine. No,
1: that's for me. The only thing that like, I seriously, well, first of all, we always, again, we get a little bit more exploration of Sean's family where Topanga's like, it's going to get 500 pounds and sit on the couch. And he's like, uh, I still love my aunt, uh, whatever (laughs) her name is. And I was like, okay, again, we're learning more about Sean's family. But for me, the really big uh, moment was that scene with Eric and what I'm assuming is something close to a playboy and or Maxim. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. I was just like, he brought it to school. He's showing Feeney. I'm so like, weirded out by this relationship. And the fact that like, no matter what, it's still... In my mind, it was smut. <laughs> and I'm not judgmental. I'm just like, what? And it always reminds me that this is pre-porn, yeah. or at least pre-internet porn. So every time I watch something like this, or anything set in the 90s, where people just go crazy over the access to a woman outside of their circle, I'm just like, uh, really? Yeah. It was... But
0: then again, it's like, is porn? But I don't know. <laughs> um, I do want to say, you know, we said a lot about this episode. There was a lot of... Funny things about this episode. Yes, let's, let's like the jokes that they're able to do with little Corey, like how well he was trained to be able to run when Feeny comes, and at one point they put like pants and a sweatshirt on him. Like there was just a lot of like funny things that they did with that pig. What to
1: expect when you're raising a pig? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like um, how to talk to your pig about bacon. Again, yeah. like all of these things. I agree with you. This was a funny episode. It was well done. I think that there was just so much emotion. Yeah, like being alluded to that we wanted to make sure that we covered that. But yeah, do you have any other fun parts of this episode that you really
0: Um, did? Again, just any time that the pig was part of the joke, like when they're eating lunch together or just any time Sean says something and the pig, like, agrees. Oh, Sean was using that pig as a pickup. Uh, I, and he 100%. was he was killing it. Yeah.
1: I'm not gonna lie, he was doing it so well in a way, I was like, I'm charmed by you and this pig <laughs> in the middle of the bar. Yeah. Oh, but the only other thing I want to point out I was like, um, Lou Corey is not an emotional support pig. I mean, he is, but he's not certified as one. And yet, Sean takes him. Everywhere.
0: I was gonna say that as a as a remark too, but then I moved to LA where people take their dogs everywhere, and then I just I yeah, but
1: LA is like kind of known for that. You're telling me in Philadelphia you can walk into a bar with a pig, um, or like any of, more so than cafeteria. with a white
0: person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Apparently, that is true. Um, the pig I understand, but uh,
0: what's Eli doing yeah, yeah, yeah. here? <laughs> okay, um, any. Feeney taught me are. Um, I I think the the lesson, uh, really from, I that I took away from this episode is what Turner said to Topanga about, you know, uh, maybe Sean needs this pig more than the pig needs Sean. Mr. Turner, I know you don't like the pig, so why do you let Sean keep it? I don't know. It just seems real important to him, I guess. He takes good care of the little guy. Topanga, <laughs> when you've had the kind of life Sean's had, I guess just in some ways Sean needs the pig more than the pig needs Sean. Mr. Turner. I think I made a big mistake. I think it's um, a great example of how, you know, everyone is struggling with something and that you can't so easily judge someone's motives or um, their behavior because you don't really know the whole story. I think that was something that Topanga really needed to learn, and I thought it was taught really well.
1: Absolutely. Um, that was my main one, but the second one that I had, and I was going to mention, I mean, you took my turn my the moment. <laughs> And my <laughs> Turner taught me, but um, Alan taught me that uh, he says you're growing up and it's not always easy in the real world, yeah. And I thought that was really good. It's just been like, hey man, it's gonna get harder from here on out. Uh, and then Eric has like this fun moment of like, I'm going to Yale, and they're like, it may be a little bit easier in his world, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, homework, oh, wait, sorry, before we get to homework, what grade are you giving this episode?
0: Um, I'm giving this episode an A. I feel like it was a, a solid episode. I thought it had a, an emotional through line. I thought that we learned a lot about our central characters and that Topanga and Sean both grew and um, I thought we saw a lot uh, of mentorship from Turner. I just thought it was a good episode. So again, I wasn't I wasn't like the most entertained by this episode but I will say that it was just a solid, well-written episode. So yeah,
1: I'm gonna give it an A minus. Yeah. I feel like this episode definitely has meat on the bones, and I think certain things could have been done better. I've already aired a lot of my grievances. Yeah, with like Topanga kind of only being the girlfriend and not the activist, which is yeah. what we know her as. Um, and Alan's old school ways of thinking, and like there's just like for me, there was a, it could have been a little bit tighter. But they really surprised me with their reasoning for Sean having this pig, Yeah. and the comedy was there. So I think I think it's really a, a great Boy Meets World episode. Absolutely, I agree. Also, um, as I said, I think I any other time I would have said this is an episode that I would have skipped, like at first look. Yeah. But I really do like that this episode, something so frivolous as there's a pig part of the cast, opens the door up into oh, where are these three characters going to go and with how they treat each other. And
0: and this is what I hope to be a more recurring theme of the show, is that the episodes start getting tighter. And a lot of the things we used to complain about, we see less and less of as they mature in their writing styles. Absolutely. Okay, homework. What do you got? Um, well, I was reading an article where the president of ABC was talking about how You know, they're looking to maybe do a spinoff of Fresh Off the Boat, spinoff of all these other shows. And then someone was like, you know ever since I got to the network, we have been trying to find a show like Happy Endings. <sighs> this three season fan uh, favorite cult classic. So good. That, ev- that a bunch of people love, but we haven't been able to find a show as similar to it, but we're thinking about just bringing it back. So um, oh my God. I'm going to suggest that everyone go on Hulu and rewatch me and CJ's, one of our favorite shows ever, Happy Endings. It's only three seasons. Give it some views. Give us a spike in views. Hopefully, propel ABC to bring the show back because it's one of the most, like, quickest, well written sitcoms uh, that we can remember from the past 10 years. And I just think it was something that really bonded us as well.
1: Happy Endings is definitely one of those shows where, when I rewatch it, I understand why it turned people off because it needed it. it, We were doing things week to week Mm -hmm. and it needed that time to find its voice. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a show that would have benefited from this binge culture that we have. Yeah. Where you release everything at once and everyone could have watched everything at once. And they would have gotten the characters in a much quicker way than back when you and I first started watching it. Where it was like, I remember being like, yo, did you watch Happy and they're like <laughs> every week we'd be like, yo, a new episode's nah. out. But this was something that caught our attention very early on. It was it
0: was just like a really like it took this classic um sitcom format of like a friends or like a how i met your mother but it just it modernized it in the way that it was like shot uh with single camera instead so the three camera and it was also something that was just written with like the wit of like an Aaron sorkin as far as like the quickness of it but with yes. the pop culture-ness of just like the kids who grew up watching e true hollywood stories like absolutely that. and so it was just what like the perfect marriage of just like great characters great writing um, and just us, uh, just uh, these performances from these actors that just week to week just brought us back, and we fell in love with. So a I rom- don't know a rom-com con. It is oh it like, again, it there's so many stupid, so jokes. many little
1: things. It's like uh, what was it? It's like uh, a gay turkey party. Like uh, yeah. Like, oh my god, a gay turkey party. And then I was thinking of like the you could be brath all day, bro. I'm a skull, and it's just like it's just really. All of these pop culture references stuffed into this TV show, and the characters were great. I remember uh, a lot of people. First of all, interracial couple that's successful, and race is very rarely brought into their relationship. And if it is, it is purely comedic, and they are Hilarious. well aware of the joke. Yeah. Um, and then Damon Waynes Jr. Phenomenal, bringing in the Wayne's charm perfectly.
0: And, and like the perfect vessel for him as an actor.
1: Absolutely. And then you get... Um, Casey
0: Wilson is fantastic. Casey Wilson it?
1: is one of uh, my boyfriend's favorite actresses. Love her. And she does amazing in yeah. her character. But then Also, I was going to say, I think his name is... Oh God, who plays Max? Oh, um... Uh, Adam Poley. Adam Poley. Yeah, I, I thought that's what it was. But Adam Poley. Him playing Max is hilarious, and he was kind of the very first
0: televised
1: version of of a gay dude that was not a cliche gay dude. Loved it, he yeah. was the slob. He was the overweight one. He was like, you know, and but not like in a very bitchy, catty way. He was one of the boys, honestly, probably one of the most of the boys, the most masculine of the boys, but at the same time, completely proud to be himself and gay. And it was just accepted.
0: Obviously, you know, I can only say so much as a, as a straight person, but I will say that, this is my favorite portrayal of a gay person on television because it feels the most accurate to my relationships with my actual gay friends. Absolutely. So that's why I just really enjoyed what they did there. I
1: remember when I first saw it, I was like, yes, this, this is a gay version that I can identify with. Sure. Because as you said, at the exact same time when everyone's sharing their hookup stories, he like, Penny's like, I slept with my uh, psychologist. Um, Dave is like, I slept with um, Alex last night and she wanted it. And Max goes right in and is like, I slept with the pizza guy. (laughs) But it's just like, it's just as casual. He's allowed to be just as sexual, um, but also not be the gay character. Sure. So, and also,
0: we just haven't seen these characters uh, since, oh, like, they were around when Obama was in office. So uh, it'll just be really interesting just to see how they have perceived just the changing of times. So, absolutely. So. I would love it. Oh,
1: God, you made me happy just thinking about it. Just stream it, guys. We'll bring it back. Okay, so speaking of television shows, mm-hmm. um, I'm my homework this week is a show on HBO called Euphoria. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but basically, it the story is of teenagers in high school, like a modern tale of 2019. And A, if you're a fan of Boy Meets World, of course you went back and you looked at, we're comparing a lot of our um, high school experiences to this show. But I found this show, I've only seen the first episode, but such an awakening into the modern high school tale And this is not Boy Meets World. I will say that from the beginning. They are having sex. They are doing drugs. They show nudity. They are sleeping with adults. But not in they're not sleeping with adults in that whole Riverdale or 90210 type way of, oh, it's like, no, in a very realistic, I am lying about my age and I'm signing up for something that I don't really understand situation. And it both made my heart hurt and made me so interested in the story of how we're telling teenagers tales now because as much as it saddens me and it kind of freaks me out being older it is so real um my best friend has like a stepdaughter and she's around this age and seeing what she has to go through with addiction with depression with social media and like they even kind of call that out it's um Zendaya is one of the yeah, main yeah. characters. And again, this show, I just could not speak... Like, the entry of it, the first five minutes, you were like, yes, these are children who have always been born in a world with danger.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, the main character talks about being born three days after 9-11. And it's like, what is it like to grow up in a world that always makes you feel anxious? Yeah. yeah. And what's it like to be kind of helpless and in a position in life where... The adults clearly don't have it together, and everyone else is just competing for attention. Sure, sure, so, yeah, yeah. check it out. Absolutely. So, uh, check out Euphoria on HBO. Um, that is our homework. Anything, anything
0: else? Anything else you want to say? Um, no, no. I think I'm good.
1: All right. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to Brum World. Remember, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Apple Play, all of those places. Uh, make sure to leave us a rating. You can follow us on Twitter um, and Facebook, all the places. Instagram, at World or email us at World at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter. Um, most likely live tweeting about Euphoria. Um, yeah, so if you want to if you don't mind spoilers, just follow me and you'll get some more insight. But um, that's extra siege. That's x t r a c e e j
0: t c. You can find me at a brave or me at that brave or not me on Instagram. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know what, guys, just. Go watch Happy Endings. Do me a (laughs) favor and just, if you you haven't seen the show, just go watch it for me, please. I'm begging you. I'm pretty sure we put it as a homework before, but... I don't uh, care. uh, I I do not care.
1: Like, you either are visiting an old friend, which you love, or you didn't do the homework last time,
0: and that's on you. Yeah. Guess guess who's Sean in this scenario?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So remember to dream. Try. And watch Happy Endings. (laughs) (laughs) Later, bro. Later, bro.